Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. What credit card should I be using to maximize my earning potential is one of the questions that I struggled with. At checkout, I would be fumbling around in my phone to figure out which credit card has the right offer. And I was so glad when I discovered Card Pointers app. Card Pointers helps you earn cash back points and miles every day by maximizing credit card bonus categories, offers, and sign-up bonuses right on your phone. The app supports over 3,000 cards across 630 different banks. What I love about this app is that there's no bank credentials used, no username or password for any of your banks. All you have to do is add your cards by name and Card Pointers does the rest. It really helps you to stay organized and you can go into the app and select the kind of categories that you want to spend in and it will let you know how much points and miles you'll be earning on each credit card. And in chronological order, you can see which one offers the most points and miles. I use Card Pointers app every time I'm going to the grocery store to make sure that I'm maximizing the most points and miles earning potential at checkout. If this app sounds like it's going to solve a problem for you like it did for me, highly recommend downloading this free app. Head over to podcast.thoughtcard.com forward slash card pointers. Again, that's podcast.thoughtcard.com forward slash card pointers. There will also be a link in the show notes. This app is free to start. And if you want added perks like push notification and email reminders for new and expiring offers, you can always upgrade your app to the pro tier. Hey, financially savvy travelers, welcome back to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. As you saw in the title today, we're going to be talking about travel hacking, but in a different angle than we have talked about in previous episodes. In this episode, we're going to be talking to Julia Menez. She is a travel hacker, coach, speaker, and host of GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, one of my favorite travel podcasts. I will be sharing more about that in a minute. But after traveling to more than 30 countries before the age of 30 and saving thousands of dollars each year by travel hacking, Julia distills the strategies from top travel hackers around the world on her show and prepares personalized points and miles plans for her private coaching clients. Throughout her podcast, Julia features a diverse roster of guests with experiences that are traditionally underrepresented in larger points and miles blogs and media. Her episodes often highlight travel hacking women, immigrants, and people of color. As an avid fan of Julia's work, I enjoy listening to episodes of GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. And I was actually a featured guest on episode number 32, where I shared how I've created over 12 income streams as a travel content creator. I was creeping on Instagram and people kind of seemed like they were really excited about that episode and they had good things to say. So I will definitely have the link in the show notes to that episode so you can take a listen to that. But in the extended interview, Julia will share some of her favorite websites and apps for maximizing your points and miles earning potential. You are not going to want to miss this. So join the Thought Card Club, podcast.com. 
thoughtcard.com forward slash club, where you can get access to extended interviews just like Julia's and our entire archive of bonus content not shared anywhere else. Now, welcome, Julia. Super excited to have you on the Thought Card Podcast. Hey, Danielle. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me today. Yes, I'm so excited because I've talked to quite a few travel hackers and I love talking about basic beginner content and things to kind of get people thinking about travel hacking. But for this episode, I really, truly wanted to talk about the secrets, the things that are like next level that even if you're an experienced traveler, experienced travel hacker, you may not even know about these things. And I love following you specifically on Instagram because you do an amazing job with sharing reels and making travel hacking content so engaging and just so fun. So if you're listening to this, make sure you head over to GeoBreeze Travel on Instagram to check out all of Julia's amazing posts. But again, super excited. And let's just go ahead and dig on in. So for those who don't know who you are, can you share a bit about your travel history, your travel hacking history, and how you came to become this amazing travel hacker that is so knowledgeable and knows so much about travel hacking secrets? Sure. So I personally got into travel hacking about four years ago, and I heard about it through some different personal finance and fire blogs. And all of the different fire blogs will just talk about what they specialize in, whether it's tax hacks or house hacking and real estate and all of that, investments. And some are digital nomads or just travel a lot for free using points and miles. And my first reaction to this was very similar to a lot of people's first reactions, which was, this is all a scam. And there's no way that this is real. But then I kept hearing about it more and more on lots of different blogs. So I thought, okay, let's try this out. Let's get one or two cards. And so my husband and I grabbed a couple of cards. And our first redemption was actually an accident because we had already planned this trip to Morocco. We had just paid for it in regular money. And we had this tour guide who was handling our hotels, our excursions, transportation, who's picking up from the airport, everything. Well, he had to cancel on us 20 hours before we landed in Morocco because of a family emergency. And so then we were going to land in Morocco and we had no hotel. We had nothing. So I was kind of in a panic and I didn't know how to find a hotel super fast. So I just called my credit card provider. It was an American Express card and said, hey, I have points. Can I get a free hotel? Is that how that works? And they said, yeah, you have enough points for three nights at the Sheraton Casablanca. And I said, cool, I'll take it. And we will figure it out from there. So once we got there, I was just thinking to myself, there's no way that this works. They're just going to laugh at us and be like, there's no free hotel room. But it worked. And we had our free room. They actually upgraded us because we had status with this credit card. And they gave us free breakfast, free cocktail hour. And from there, I was very, very hooked to the whole world of award travel. So then we got back home and I was like, how do I do this even more? Got a few more cards. And then at some point, I realized the way to really, really level up your game is with business credit cards. But I didn't realize that you don't need like a full real business to get those. You can actually qualify for them by having a Poshmark store or tutoring or something like that, being an Uber driver. I didn't know that. So I opened a full-on travel agency and said, okay, I have a business just so that I could get 
like the Chase Inc. business preferred card or something. I opened a travel agency. I had a few clients, but really didn't love being a travel agent because it was just a lot that I didn't like. The tools weren't as good. I kept telling people, oh, you can get this for free. It's way cheaper if you just do this credit card hack instead. And at some point, the pandemic hit and I used that as an excuse kind of to pivot the business and say, I don't want to do travel agent stuff anymore. I'll just teach people how to travel hack and be a content creator, which I expected to make no money, but I was done with travel agenting. So that's kind of how GeoBreeze happened was I pivoted this business where I had already filed paperwork. The paperwork was super vague anyway. So I said, okay, I'll make content. I'll coach some people and discover some different streams of income from there. And that's how we got to where we are today. I love that story because it's like an accidental travel hacker. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to go all in here. This is what I want to do. How can I figure out ways to make this a part of my lifestyle, part of my life? And then how the pandemic really made you reflect and pivot and from the outside looking in, you are just an amazing content creator, travel content creator, and your videos and your reels and everything that you do, at least on Instagram, not even including your podcast, which is an amazing podcast. But on Instagram, you're able to provide bite-sized content that really just, again, illuminates things in the travel hacking community that even if you feel like you're doing pretty good, you may not be aware of. So I love that. What has been like some of the most surprising things about becoming a travel content creator? Historically, if you wanted to become a creator in the world of points and miles, there was a very traditional path. You had to start a blog and then you had to grind on that blog for a long time before you could ever get your own links. And that was how you would make money. Pretty much all of the other larger blogs make money through credit card affiliate signup links. And I thought that is a long and lonely road because also none of them ever seem to talk to each other. None of the blogs will like do guest posts or backlinks or anything. And I thought, what would happen as an experiment if I just did the complete opposite of that? I don't have a blog. I don't like writing. I like talking a lot more than writing. So I said, I'll do a podcast. I'll feature everybody. I'll just feature everybody else instead of really sharing too much of my own story. I share a lot about myself on Instagram, but on the podcast, I really want to highlight other people's travel hacking styles. So what if I do that? And what if I tell people, go use somebody else's links? Or what if I just make fun of the whole, oh, use my links, ha ha ha, be links thirsty. What if I just make fun of that on Instagram a lot? And what if I talk about all of the groups who historically never saw themselves represented in this space? Because if you ever look up top miles and points blogs or anything like that, it's almost all white men, almost exclusively. And so I said, what if I just feature a lot of people who don't fit that demographic? And it's been such a fun journey and such a fun ride. And it's been really surprising how many people it's really resonated with where they said, I just thought travel hacking wasn't for me because it seemed really complicated, but you're making it a lot more digestible where I can watch a 15 or 30 second reel and then get some points that way instead of having to read four hours of blogs to understand how to get started. So I think the most surprising thing has just been how well it's resonated with people and how much people enjoy the content. And again, like I love how you just flip the script. You're just like, you know what? They've kind of beaten the path doing all of this stuff. 
let me try something different. And also let me try what I will excel at, things that I actually enjoy creating, consuming. So I love all of that. And again, if you're not following Julia on Instagram, that's GeoBreeze Travel and you'll be blown away. Trust me. Trust me. Okay. Now I just wanted to quickly go back because I have heard that other travel hacking content creators use affiliate signups as a means for income. Now, are they pretty much just doing the regular referral programs that we all have access to? Or is there like a different portal for content creators that you should be applying to to get access to these these offers and ability to monetize that way? Sure. So there's a difference between referral links and affiliate links. If somebody were to use your referral link to sign up for a credit card, you would get maybe 15,000 points or so, and then they would get their sign up bonus. Whenever somebody signs up through my links, I don't get points. I get money and I have to pay taxes on those like it's a regular stream of income. And instead of having just like five cards or so that I can refer people to, I actually have a landing page and I can refer people to cards that I don't specifically have. For example, I don't really ever fly Delta, but a lot of people ask me about Delta cards. So I have those on my page as well. I have access to refer people to any of the cards through my affiliate links. Those are the main differences between when I think about if I wanted to refer somebody with my personal referrals versus my affiliate page. Also, sometimes the offers are a little bit different and it's always important to check what offers you can find because sometimes they're just better on one or the other. Amex, the personal referral links tend to be better these days than what you can find on affiliate pages. Sometimes that's the case, sometimes it's not. But also, just like a PSA to everybody who's listening, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of miles and points, people who are like, use my link. And then no one ever asks, is this the best? offer that's currently available. And people never say things like, did you know that instead of using my link for the Chase Sapphire Preferred, you can go in branch and get the annual fee waived? Or if your spouse already has this card, you should be using their referral link instead. And these credit cards pay a lot of commissions. They're they're very lucrative. And so I can understand if you're really needing to monetize your blog, there is that incentive to not tell people certain things like you can get your annual fee waived in branch or use somebody else's referral link because you're going to get a better sign up offer. And so I just want to let everybody know like sometimes the links that people push may or may not be the best one for you as a customer and it's important to do your research and ask around. And as I had promised, listeners, Julia's dropping them secrets right now. So Julia, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to like dig in. Because again, like I mentioned, for me, I see you as someone who's so knowledgeable and just reminding folks like, listen, you can go into the branch and, and see if you can get the fee waived. And you can even use the referral links of your partners. That's something that we may forget, you know, since we're like usually kind of rushing to get stuff done. So Oh, it's going to be a great conversation. All right. So thank you for sharing that because I've always wondered, even as a content creator myself, the differences between referrals and affiliates. So I do appreciate that. All right. So we're going to go through a bunch of questions that are frequently asked. And I would love to hear your take on these questions. So the first question I have for you is, how do you negotiate annual fees? So let's say you're at a point where you are contemplating even keeping this credit card. 
which has an annual fee. And you're like, you know what? I don't think the value is there anymore. I'm not really using it that much. I don't think this fee is worth it. What would you recommend to folks who are at that point? So a few things. First of all, if you're military and you're listening to this, did you know that you can get all of your annual fee waves through the Military Lending Act? So first of all, make sure you're doing that and you're not paying annual fees in the first place if you're active duty military. Second, if you are thinking about closing down a card, there's an order of operations you should do. First, you should try to get the annual fee waived or some kind of retention offer. Then you should downgrade. Then you should close. To get the annual fee waived, you can just call sometimes and ask, hey, do you have any retention offers? I'm thinking about closing down my card. I'm not sure if I can justify it. I didn't get a lot of benefits out of it this past year because of the pandemic. You can say all of those things. And then sometimes you're targeted for retention offers. Sometimes you're not. I've struck out with Chase a lot. I have gotten zero retention offers with Chase, but Amex, I've been doing pretty well with the retention offers where they'll say, oh, if you promise to keep your card open for at least another year, here's 20,000 points or something, which is $200 or more, which is really good. So always try calling the credit card company. And in the extended interview, I'll be dropping some knowledge about a tool for how to track when exactly to call these companies. So stick around for that. But yeah, you can call the credit card companies, ask if there's a retention offer. Please never ever just call and say, I want to close my card in hopes that they'll say, oh no, come back. Here's a retention offer. Because if they just say, okay, and then they close your credit card and you didn't actually want to close your credit card, you just wanted a bonus. That's a sad day. That's a really awkward conversation then to say, I didn't actually want to close it. I wanted you to give me more points. So Never actually say that you want to close the credit card. Just say that you're thinking about it if you're just looking to negotiate a retention offer. If there's no retention offers available, don't just close the card because that'll ding your credit score if you shrink the total amount of credit available to you. Instead, what you should do is see if there's a free version of the card that you can downgrade to. So for example, if you have the Chase Sapphire Preferred and you're saying to yourself, eh, I don't really need this anymore. I should just close it down. Downgrade it instead to a Chase Freedom Flex or a Chase Freedom Unlimited because those cards have no annual fee. You'll get to keep the credit card line open and then you can just stick the credit card in a drawer if you're not going to use it anymore. So you can downgrade your card or you can transfer the credit line to another card that you have open so that you just don't shrink your total available credit line that way. And if none of that works, then go ahead and close the card. I like the idea of transferring your credit line to another existing card. I have never heard that before. So that was gold. Now I have another question for you on the same line about annual fees. One of the things I'm always contemplating is like, should I close down the card and reopen the no annual fee card and get the bonus points and miles, sign up bonus points and miles? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so this is a pretty common strategy in points and miles called churning, where you can dip into the sign-up bonus again, over and over again. And your ability to do this depends on the terms and conditions within each card. For example, most American Express cards only let you get the sign-up bonus once per lifetime. So you can't really churn with those very easily. But with Chase cards, some of the cards like the Chase Freedom Unlimited, Chase Freedom Flex, you can get that sign-up bonus every 24 months or so. The Chase Sapphire cards, like the Chase Sapphire Preferred and Chase Sapphire Reserve, you're limited to 48 months. So what you can do, for example, if you're coming up on your four-year anniversary for your Chase Sapphire Preferred, 
you can downgrade it to a free card, keep that credit line available, and then apply again for the Chase Sapphire Preferred, get the large bonus again, and then you suddenly have a lot more points than if you had just closed down the card or downgraded or just kept the same credit card open forever and never gotten the sign-up bonus again. So that's a pretty simple turning 101 strategy that people can do too. Excellent. Excellent. And if you're wondering, we're going to have some notes in the show notes because I know that there are so many strategies going to be shared here. So we'll make sure to have the notes so that you have a, just a nice place where you could just read all the content as well. All right. So let's move on to hotel upgrades. So how are you getting free hotel upgrades? And I also know that you've been so generous enough to provide us with a template that you can use. So feel free to share more about that. Sure. So one of my favorite times that I was able to use this hotel upgrade email template was we were going on a trip to Hawaii for my friend's wedding. And we had a Hilton free night certificate that we could use at pretty much any Hilton in the world. And so, of course, then I Googled and said, what's the most expensive hotel I can use this in? And it turns out it was in Hawaii. So we were going to be there anyway. We were going to use it at the Grand Wailea, which is a Waldorf Astoria hotel in Maui. It starts at $500 a night for just the standard room. So I said, boom. All right. We got $500 for free just starting right there. And then I wrote to the hotel with this template and said, hi, I have status with Hilton. If it's possible, could we get upgraded to like the $650 room? Just if there's availability, that'd be great. Well, they ended up upgrading us to the $900 night room, which was incredible. We had this ocean view. We could see other islands from our balcony. And the best part was it was like in this gated community part of the hotel called the Napili Tower. And it came with breakfast and cocktail hour, which they had enough food that it was just dinner. And food in Hawaii is expensive. So that saved us so much money just because we were able to get the free breakfast and cocktail hour. And they even wheeled in welcome gifts for us. They had this cart of free champagne, free local snacks. They gave us cookies and chips and dried fruit and all of these different local delicacies from Hawaii. So thank God we were going to this wedding and I was just able to share all of these snacks because it was actually way more than my husband and I could eat in the two days that we were there at this hotel. So that is my favorite redemption from this hotel upgrade email template, which you can find in the show notes. Oh my gosh. I'm like getting goosebumps because I live for things like this. I live for, okay, we're able to travel hack that $500 a night room, which is insane. And then you're like, I'm not going to stop there. Let's see if we can get an upgrade. And then you pretty much like doubled the value by just sending one email. So I love that story. And the link to download Julia's upgrade email template for hotels will be at geobreezetravel.com forward slash the thought card. We'll have the link in the show notes as well. There's also some other ways to get some hotel upgrades. So first of all, always just be nice to the people at the front desk. So my husband thinks one of the ways that we were able to get such a good upgrade was it was kind of like the downtime and I was just wanting to chat with people. So I was talking with the hotel desk people. I was like, what kind of people can afford to be at this hotel? We're here for free. Like we did not spend $500 like everybody else. And it was just kind of nice to act like a real human with the hotel desk receptionists who I'm sure are not paid enough to deal with all of like the rich people who are very 
needy and everything at this hotel. So it just helps to act like a nice, real person, first of all. But second, there's a lot of different ways to get hotel upgrades with Hyatt hotels, really with any of the hotels. So let's start with Hyatt. They have something called the guest of honor benefit, where if you have a friend who is a globalist member, I'm a globalist member, let's be friends. You can have them do the booking for you. And if it's a guest of honor booking, you'll be treated like you have globalist status as well, which means that when you go to the hotel, you can get free breakfast. You don't have to pay resort fees. You can do late checkout until 4 p.m. You get upgraded to suites upon availability. So that's really nice too. Or if you're ever doing a cash booking at a nice hotel, you can use a travel agent who has Hyatt Privé or Hilton Impresario, or that every hotel chain has their version of this, where they have accredited travel agents who will make the booking for you. Your price is exactly the same. They make commissions out of it. And you get extra perks, where if you have a Hyatt Privé agent make your booking for you, you would get free welcome gifts, maybe like a dinner credit, upgrades, all of those things. So never just pay the regular price and go direct from there. Always find somebody who can help you get these extra perks whenever you're doing hotels. And if you need somebody to contact for that, my friend Spencer at Straight to the Points is actually the only person I know who has access to all of them. So you can call him up and say, hey, I need a Hyatt Purvey booking. We'll get the links to contact Spencer. That'd be super great and awesome. Okay, so we've covered annual fees. We've covered free hotel upgrades. Now, let's talk about secret passwords. There are certain brands that have secret passwords that you can use. So can you tell us about the one that you shared on Instagram, Kimpton Hotel? And is this common? Are there any other brands that have secret passwords as well? So... With Kimpton Hotels, Kimpton's the main one that does this, where sometimes they'll release it on their Twitter or somewhere else. And they have a secret password where if you can work it into the conversation upon check-in, they can give you some gifts. And the secret password until mid-September of 2021 is no more sweatpants. So whenever you go to a Kimpton hotel and you're checking in and they just say something like, oh, what brings you to the Kimpton or what brings you to this location today? You just work in the phrase, no more sweatpants into the conversation like, oh, you know, summer vacation, no more sweatpants. And then you can see if they give you a free gift or they might just look at you like you're a weirdo if that particular person wasn't trained on the password. But people can get things like a $30 food and beverage credit. Sometimes they give you hotel swag. I think somebody got fun Kimpton sunglasses or something or like an upgrade. So you can do a lot of cool things with the secret password. I'm not sure if I know of any other brands that do this. Kimpton does it regularly. They have a different password every quarter or so. Okay. So key point here, follow Kimpton on Twitter. (laughs) Follow brands on Twitter because you never know what's going to come out of just being able to see what they're tweeting. So that's awesome. Okay, so we talked about annual fees, free hotel upgrades, secret passwords. We have two more secrets to drop. So the next one is hidden bonuses. So another one of your reels, you talked about this hidden site that you can go to and you'll get hidden offers that you may not be aware of. And that's chase.com forward slash my bonus. Can you share more about that? 
Sure. So every so often, maybe every month or so, just go through all of your Chase credit cards, including the co-branded ones, especially the co-branded ones. Like if you have the Southwest card with them or the IHG card, the Marriott card, the Hyatt card, just check all of your cards on chase.com slash my bonus because they can unlock some super cool things like earn five points per dollar everywhere up to $1,000 of spend or something like that, or five points per dollar on groceries or eight points per dollar. A lot of people will miss out on these bonuses where if you're going to be going to the grocery store anyway, you could be earning eight points per dollar instead of the two points per dollar that comes with your card regularly. So you can go to this website and check all of your cards. It doesn't cost anything. And it's just a good thing to get into the habit of. And then American Express doesn't have a secret website like this, but they often have a lot of offers on their cards. And you should consistently be checking your Amex offers because my Amex Platinum card this year had $100 off of $100 of spend for Best Buy. And they had the same thing for Home Depot. So basically, they just gave me a $100 gift card to Home Depot and a $100 gift card to Best Buy. And then I had the same thing last year for Dell. You can check your Amex offers and you'll find a lot of cool things there as well. I am always, always checking my Amex offers because there's just a list of places that you can get bonus offers for, especially if you have more than one card. They don't always have the same offers. So make sure you're regularly just doing a sweep and keeping inventory of what offers are available. How do you stay organized between your Chase My Bonus and then Amex offers and some of these periodic things? Do you have like calendar invites or reminders? Like, how do you manage all of this? A lot of people think that I just have this crazy Excel sheet that I track everything with because I'm an actuary in my day job and we love spreadsheets, but that is not what I do at all. I actually have a whole bunch of different tools and apps that I use, and we are going to cover those in the extended interview for how I stay organized, how I keep my clients organized, because if you are opening five cards in the next year or something, you're going to lose track. You're going to say like, how many points do I have with Hilton versus Hyatt versus Chase versus Amex? Am I already at five over 24? How many more cards am I allowed to get this year? Which card am I supposed to use? So we will go over all of those tools in the extended interview. Ooh, Julia's not sharing anything right now. She's like, you got to join the Thought Card Club for that. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to, because I literally, when we were interviewing, you interviewed me on your show, you had shared about the Card Pointers app and I was literally taking notes and I downloaded it that day and it literally changed the way I strategize and stay organized. So I love, love, love that. Okay, the last outside the box travel hacking strategy that I wanted to touch on today is surveys. Usually in the past, I've seen surveys where they offer very measly points and miles, and you literally have to spend like 20, 30 minutes on these surveys. But again, on your IG stories and your IG reels, you share that Hilton Honors has a site where you can take a survey and get 10,000 Hilton Honors points. So can you talk more about that? So it's pretty easy to Google if you just go to Hilton Honors Survey Opinion Rewards, I think it's called. And then for your first one, they'll give you 10,000 points, which is enough to get a free night sometimes at some of the more budget conscious Hilton hotels. And it only takes 10 minutes and then you can earn a free night past that. I don't personally think a lot of the surveys are worth it because you're earning like five cents per survey. 
or something. But there are a lot of these different websites. I know Alaska Airlines has one too. I've never used it because I don't fly Alaska very often, but you can search for Alaska Airlines survey site. I also found this other website just by searching for these surveys. It's called Swagbucks and their surveys pay almost nothing, but I can earn a lot of points through Swagbucks by buying their gift cards, which sometimes they have at 20% back. I think with Domino's recently, we were wanting pizza anyway. So we got 15% back at Domino's just by buying gift cards through this portal. And you can redeem the Swagbucks points for gift cards like to Visa or Amazon or pretty much anything. And I've gotten so much free stuff just by using the Swagbucks system. And that's also how I kind of finance a lot of the giveaways that I do on my Instagram too. I have a $100 airline gift card. It's probably going to be closed by the time this airs, but I do gift card giveaways regularly. And people are like, oh, that's so nice that you just spend $100 on us. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I got those for free through Swagbucks and I earn more points on Swagbucks than I can use for myself. I don't need to be eating $100 worth of Domino's every so often. So I like to share those with the community and share my Swagbucks points to get you guys some gift cards to airlines or hotels or other places like that. I love that. I love that. That's incredible. So as a quick wrap up, we talked about annual fees, free hotel upgrades, secret password, hidden bonuses, as well as surveys. Now, the bonus round is, again, I was just binging Julia's Instagram contents for all of these amazing tips. But the last tip that I was like, ooh, I never thought about this. Now, I've thought about it in terms of airlines. Like when I'm booking hotels, I do use incognito mode. Or sometimes I do, not all the time. But sometimes I have done it because I've heard that when it's incognito mode, it may be cheaper. So you had a recent post where you were sharing that you found intro-offer bonuses that are higher than the standard offer by using incognito mode on your internet browser. So tell us more about that. Sure. So this was for my... Amex Business Gold Card, where the standard offer that was available at the time that I opened this card was you would earn 70,000 points as a sign-up bonus if you spent at least $10,000 in six months or maybe three months. I don't actually remember. The one that I found by going into incognito was I would earn 80,000 by spending $6,000. So 10,000 more points for $4,000 less minimum spending requirements. And this is another one of those things that most of the big blogs won't tell you to do because if you apply through incognito, they don't make commissions. And so they'd rather just make the commissions and not let anybody know that you can get 10,000 more points if you search through incognito sometimes. So you can try this. It works a lot better for Amex cards. It doesn't really happen for Chase cards, but if you're looking for any Amex cards, search for it in incognito mode. And if the offer is exactly the same, then please use somebody's referral link or affiliate link just so we make the banks pay out a commission to somebody. Yes, 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 yes. Now, one of my favorite strategies, which is a bit time consuming, but I always seem to find just amazing offers and things that I would not have had otherwise, is just checking my emails regularly to see what these credit cards are promoting at the time. So is this something that you do? Do you check your emails regularly to see what offers? Just would love to hear your thoughts on that too. Sometimes, yeah. 
I have all of my emails filtered into certain folders and I go through them once a week. So a lot of times I'll find out about it on Instagram or something else where somebody will say, check your emails for different offers. But for example, if you have one of the Amex business credit cards, there was an offer that came out where if you were adding employees to them, you would get 20,000 points or so per employee for a few thousand of spend, not very much. And you could do this for up to 99 employees or something. So you could earn 2 million points if you just had a lot of family members or something because it requires you to type in the social security number and they have to be unique. But if you had 10 people who are willing to give you their social security number, like from your family or something, just so that you can get these different points, it's like 200,000 points, which is almost enough to fly two people around the world in business class and stopping at eight cities with Amex. So I don't know if you want to get into redemption strategies today, but like you can do a lot with Amex points by transferring to ANA Airways. Ooh, like mic drop. I love that. I think the whole theme of this episode was just that going a little bit beyond surface level, there's just so many opportunities for you to maximize your earning potential and be able to have some amazing travel experiences that doesn't necessarily always take that much more time. Like in the beginning of the episode, you said how a lot of people have this misconception that travel hacking has to be this cumbersome, huge spreadsheet sort of thing. And a lot of the strategies you talked about today were just very simple and you just need to know what to do and do it at the right time. Overall, for me, I'm just astounded. There was just so much amazing information that you shared today. And I want to wrap up this episode to talk about frugality. I think a misconception when it comes to financially savvy travelers is that folks think that we don't always have the budget to spend on the travel experiences that we value. And I always push back on that. It's not about that we don't always have the budget. It's about wanting to spend wisely on the experience that we want to have. And for me, I will be super frugal when it comes to airlines, but then I'll go off when it comes to travel experiences like tours and food and things like that. So why do you think that frugality may be screwing us over when it comes to actually redeeming our points and miles for these amazing travel experiences? In the world of money, we're taught, oh, you should save because like you'll get compound interest if you just let it sit in your bank account. And that's what responsible people do with money. With points, it absolutely doesn't work that way. If your points are just sitting in your points bank, it's not going to earn interest. And in fact, there's this thing called devaluations, which will hurt you because like, let's say there's a Marriott hotel you want to stay at and it costs 20,000 points a night. And you're like, oh yeah, I have 20,000 points, but oh, I don't know if I want to do that this year. I'll just leave the points in my points bank and see if there's something better that comes around. Well, the next year, maybe Marriott changes their award chart. And for the exact same hotel, now they're charging 25,000 points per night. And this is called devaluation. It's kind of like inflation on points where the same amount of points you have now is not going to go as far in the future because companies and hotels and airlines will just change up how they do award charts every once in a while. And sometimes it works to your advantage where you can find sweet spots, but most of the time it's just considered as a devaluation. So in the world of points and miles, it is not good to be hoarding your points. You want to 
have a clear focus on what kind of travel you want to get for free, do what you need to do to earn those points, spend those points. And then if you just have those little closed loops every so often, the game is a lot more satisfying rather than I went through all this trouble, opened 12 credit cards, hoarded my points for six years, and now I can't even do anything with those points. So that's where frugality might be kind of messing with the community a little bit. We have to learn to let go of our points, learn how to spend them, get good value out of them rather than just letting them sit there. Yes. Go live your life. Live your life by using your points and miles. Okay. All right, Julia, this was truly an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for stopping by and letting folks know how they can think about hotel upgrades, how they can think about other travel hacking secrets. So let folks know how they can connect with you. And I love also if you can share some of your favorite episodes of your Geo Breeze travel podcast as well. Sure. So you guys can find me mostly. I hang out on Instagram at Geo Breeze Travel. You can find the podcast on really any listening platform. You can find all of them on geobreezetravel.com slash podcast. Each month, I host a masterclass where we dive into different loyalty programs, whether it's picking a few airline programs, some hotel programs, the Chase program. And so you can find all of those on my website as well. And I have a Patreon where you can access the recordings of past ones. And so those are the main places that you are going to find me. And let's see, what are some of my favorite episodes? I know that Danielle, you are going to Hawaii pretty soon. And so you're probably going to be really interested in episode 24, which is Hawaii travel hacks from a local. His name is Scott Kobayashi. And he drops so many bombs about just Hawaii specific travel hacks that you wouldn't think of, like where to go get food. And there's a specific lounge that you can get with a Rakuten credit card. That's a really good one to listen to for anybody who has been to or who's looking to go to Hawaii. There's also episode, it's either 15 or 16. Both of them are really good, actually. Episode 15, I kind of dropped that hint about if you have 125,000 American Express points, you can fly all the way around the world in business class, stopping in up to eight cities. Episode 15 talks about how to do that. And then episode 16 is one of my favorite stories. It's about how to travel hack a $55,000 proposal in the Maldives. There was so much going on in that episode. And he was like talking about how he split the ring onto four different credit cards so he could get four different sign-up bonuses. It's such a cute story. So episode 15 and 16, I would highly recommend. And I'm just going to also throw in episode number seven, how to stack points and reward programs with Angel. I love that one. And I'm like, I need to get Angel on a podcast because I need to talk about this because it was just amazing how you're able to just use different apps and websites to just have points stack up on each other. Whew, amazing, amazing. Like I mentioned, GeoBreeze Travel Podcast isn't going to be your typical travel hacking podcast. It goes way beyond the beginner basics. If you enjoyed this episode with Julia, you're going to love her show. So that is a wrap for this episode, guys. I will see you guys in the extended interview with Julia, where we're going to be covering her favorite apps, her favorite websites, and how she stays organized as a travel hacker. So I'll talk to you guys in the next one. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget there's way more where that came from. When you become a supporter of the show, you'll get bonus episodes, additional tips on affording travel, real-time updates, as well as strategies for building wealth and creating multiple income streams. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to support. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir. Slide in my DMs and share with me your thoughts about this episode. What did you enjoy? What stood out to you? Let me know. I'd absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. See you in the next one.